Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Hey, Welcome to the Supreme Resort Land V World, a podcast about Disneyland and Walt Disney World and which is the Supreme Resort. Each episode, we will discuss and explore each resort ride by ride, land by land, park by park to determine which is better. Welcome to the Supreme. <laughs> <laughs> I'm your host, Jimmy, and thank you for joining me on this quest to help the greater good of humanity answer this long elusive question, which is better? Disneyland or Walt Disney World. Joining me as always to help find the answer is Dan. Hey, I'm Dan. I got a $20 bill right here in my hand looking for a place to spend it. And he's a Korean War veteran. <laughs> I am not. And that's not what your hat says. And, I'm not wearing it. <laughs> and Eric. I don't have a hat. I don't have, I don't have $20. Uh, this, is, hmm. this is not a very good day. You know, hold on. What here's here's why <laughs> this this is classic dynamic where like you're telling me you shouldn't be wearing that Korean War veteran hat because people might get upset, and then I take it off and <laughs> and then you reference it. Listen, it's on the fodder. show, it's fodder. <laughs> if you don't want me to reference it, don't it put it not, on. I'm not trying to steal valor from. The that's Korean ex- War. That's exactly opposite of what you just said. <laughs> wow. It's 100% of 180 in 90 seconds. Um, welcome to the show, everybody. Good to see you guys. We have, a, we have a lot of good shows coming up, and this one is a no exception, the Peter Pan episode. Peter Pan's a big ride. It evokes a lot of emotion from a lot of people. We're going to talk about it. We're going to get into why... We're going to get into the history. We're going to get into the ride length, the cues, and uh, we'll get into a lot of detail. Oh, you know what I didn't talk about? Um, I didn't talk about on the Scraping the Vault, which I meant to, and I didn't talk about earlier. Uh, we talked about the Coop family, but I didn't talk about the fact that Audrey, our fellow co-host of Scraping the Vault, booked a trip for October for Supreme <laughs> Con 21. And and we booked it. We were sitting there. We were recording. I got her a little bit tipsy, and then I convinced her to buy a vacation to come with us. And and we booked it. it was reasonably priced. And then we went on to like Expedia or one of the others to to see what the hotel would cost if she didn't book it through concierge. It was more expensive. Had she gone on to buy the tickets at Disneyland.com and then buy the tickets at Expedia or the hotel, she would have paid more money, like a hundred and something dollars more. So it was actually less expensive for her to book through concierge than it would have been on her own. Wow. Okay. Eight, five, six, our years. Uh, okay. Now it's time for everybody's favorite segment, Eric's Scientician Corner. Hi, it's Eric, and it's time for Eric's Scientician Spot. It's alliterative. Jimmy. Scientician Spot. 
you nice. got to get a better intro to that. <laughs> okay. <laughs> you provided the music. Uh, I was the joke is that I suck at doing intros for dance oh, music. Oh, I get it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I I actually seem like I can string words together. Okay, cool. <laughs> I'm done with that. It's a low bar. Wow. <laughs> All right. This episode on the Scientician Spot, we're going to talk about uh, Contagium Vivum Fluidum, which was the original term for a virus. Uh, it was lat- lat- That's Latin for contagious living fluid, because in the late 1800s, when viruses were discovered, they were thought to be a fluid. Uh, so 1892, Dmitry Yavanovsky found a case of tobacco mosaic disease could pass through a porcelain filter. So a porcelain filter was traditionally used to trap bacteria one side to the other. It was used for experimentation. But somehow this particular disease in tobacco uh, could pass through that filter. So they thought, well, what's what does that mean? They found that uh, if they put ink on one side of the filter, ink would pass through the filter to the other side. So they thought, whatever this contagion must be, it must be so small that it's made out of liquid. Uh, so a few years later, 1898, Martinus Beyerink uh, was studying the tobacco mosaic virus, and he uh, he came up with this term to describe the virus as a living fluid. It wasn't until much later, in 1931, the electron microscope was invented, and then a few years later, Wendell Meredith Stanley identified the very first virus visually. He studied at my alma mater, University of Illinois at Urbana-Champaign. He won the Nobel Prize in Chemistry in 1946. Uh, His research was later found out to be incorrect. But his research was not about viruses. That's not what won him the Nobel Prize. It was about um, proteins and and crystallization. Uh, He was incorrect in that case. But he was definitely correct about viruses, a thing that exists and can cause people to be sick sometimes. I I hoped it would be done right at the end, but eh, oh well. And this has been Eric's Scientician Spotlight. I like that better. Spotlight? Spotlight. Scientician Spotlight. It flows better. I did time that well. Cool. Good job. <laughs> uh, thank you, Eric. That's- oh, oh, no. <laughs> Why okay, does it keep doing this? <laughs> uh, well, thank you, Eric. That's very interesting. Viruses are real. And vaccines prevent um, viruses from spreading. Oh, it seems like somebody might be looking it into a future scientician spotlight. <laughs> I don't want to usurp your spotlight, my friend. Your attention, please. Dear Mr. Etsy, hello. My name is Asher, and I am a cool kid who is real. I'm also a lawyer and I'm 10 years old. It has come to my attention that my clients at the Supreme Resort have had their shirt pulled from your internet web store. That's super lame. I am offering a proposal of which I think it will be of great interest to you in this matter. Furthermore, if you don't agree to it you are a super dingus and will be afflicted with the booger touch for life. Simply put, on this day of today, the year of our Lord of Tenfold 21 and official business, we are asking that you restore the shirt in question to be of sale and tender forthwith. Failure to do so would be hella dumb. Sincerely, the law offices of Asher, CJ, and Michaela. All 
right, guys. So we talked about the we that was a very nice passage from Natalie, and we talked about the Disney Genie, Disney Genie Plus, and the Lightning Lane. Now it's time, Wait, Jimmy. Let's compliment the commercial if there was one. Oh, good job, commercial! Thank I would you. love to buy those <laughs> or go <laughs> to those. Give me several <laughs> of them things. <laughs> what's the one? What's the one that I've heard a couple of times? What is it that they're advertising? Do you know Disney Plus? No, no, <laughs> that's what I heard in one of the recent. Did ones. you? Yeah, nice oh. actual Disney commercial and DisneyPlus.com. Be sure to. <laughs> Look into that reverse mortgage today. <laughs> Not uh, Squarespace. Remember when we used to do fake ads? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that was fun. And then we stopped it because every the world got really depressing. And then <laughs> well, I think then we, you wanted to like really support the company I work for. Then that. Yeah. And who works for them? Dan. We work for them, Eric. Thank you very much. Don't forget, I am a vacation planner at concierge.com. 856-hour-ears. Would you like to be this mortgage? <laughs> All right, so today's episode is very special, very near and dear to many people's hearts. Many mm-hmm. people's favorite attraction, that is, of course, one Mr. Peter Pan's flight. And uh, Dan will be arguing for Disneyland's version of Peter Pan's flight, and Eric will be arguing for Magic Kingdom's version of Disneyland's, sorry, Peter Pan's flight. Um, And if Dan gets a point, I'll be judged, by the way. If Dan gets a point, you will hear this sound. Six hours later. And Dan, please elaborate. You waited in that line. You know what that means. Oh. (laughs) <laughs> Touche. <laughs> because there's nothing to do. Um, and yeah. Eric, if Eric, his argument for Peter Pan's flight at Walt Disney World, you will hear this sound. Okay. Uh, that's that's uh, Captain Hook, clearly. Of a, of a sorts. Clearly. Yeah. Maybe not so clear, but it's, it's Captain Hook. Yeah. From the ride. It's the figure of Captain Hook. We'll, we'll get into it. Okay. So, Peter Pan's Flight. One of the most beloved attractions for many, many people. A lot of people's first attraction of the day. Mm-hmm. One of the longest lines in both parks, mostly due to low capacity. And, uh, Dan, go ahead and take it away. Tell us about Peter Pan's Flight. Well, I have a few opening thoughts about Peter Pan. Um, this is a good place where the example that we've been talking about of walmart versus trader joe's comes into play um i'm not gonna say which one's which but you know um you you know you you got the which is better do you have is having more stuff better if the stuff is maybe not all that impressive is uh higher capacity faster loading is it better or does it end up feeling less personal and have show scenes filled with more boats and triggered cues feeling more like a factory? I don't know. I'm not going to say which is which. Um, and I feel like uh, my uh, opponent is going to mention certain things about this ride's history. Um, do we penalize a ride for its history? Is <laughs> no, that just okay? Opponent or opponent. I thought we talked about being... Nerds that talk about a thing. Okay. Right. Apparently, Dan feels things about his Korean War veteran hat on. Hold on. No, we are. 
I just have feelings. I have strong feelings That's about fine. this ride. Uh, and Do, every episode, Dan, yes. every episode is somebody's first episode. So I uh-huh. would like to set the stage for your premise. Uh-huh. And the premise of this episode or this podcast was. We're, f- we're friends. Was that. Yes. You can go to Trader Joe's and you can yeah. get your produce. You can get yes. your meat. You can get I'm your I'm not bases. saying which one is which. No. So, yeah. So I'm saying you can get all those things. You can get bread. You can get flowers. Yeah. And it's small and it's intimate and it's and, and people are very friendly and they welcome you and. They want, you know, they feel like they want you to be there. They're very helpful. Right. And then you can get all that same stuff at Trader Joe's. You can get all of it at Super Walmart. Yeah. But you can also get a bike and a couch. Mm-hmm. Does that make it better? That's the question. That's the hypothesis. Right. And an right. employee at Walmart looks like they're kind of a little bothered that you're there. If you can mm-hmm. find one, that kind mm-hmm. of thing. Yeah. That's the premise that Dan is. Yeah. We're not. And look, I am not. I'm not uh, trying to imply one is one or the other is the other at all here. Um, so do we penalize a ride for its history? Uh, I look at you, Pirates of the Caribbean, and I say, no, we do not. Uh, do we uh, penalize a certain uh, former pancake house for Penal. its history? I say, we do not. Do we penalize the Tiki Room for its dark under new management days? I say, no, we do not. That would be unfair. Um, and we do we penalize, say, uh, the Peter Pan at the Magic Kingdom for not having an extended queue? No, we don't even do that. Um, so before we go further, I want to tell you a story about a father and a son. Oh, wow. This father worked as as a framer he made frames for 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 people's memories oh one might say that he was like a modern day geppetto who also worked with wood Mm. and also had a weird son who would someday become a real boy and once a year every year this father would take this young socially awkward child to disneyland And they did not go at rope drop, although the son would later become oddly militant about this. And every year the son would say, Papa, is it time to go to Neverland now? (laughs) (laughs) And this didn't have the weird implications that it might later have. So this weird ass man looked his weird ass son in the eye and he said, yes, for me waiting in that long line, at 11 o'clock is the only way I know how to express my love to you. That son was me. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm, not, I'm laughing. Sorry. That's a, <laughs> that's beautiful, Dan. Thank you. That's beautiful. I, and I agree. Case I give you closed. Peter Pan. Wow. That's going to be, that's, this is going to be a hard episode. I think <clears throat> I'm good. <laughs> All right. You know, I'd like is to that, point out. What? I'd like is to that point the out whole your argument. Honor. Are you done? Is that yeah, it? There's more. There's he's, more. He's, he's pretty much done. That's his open. If if that's are you completed with your opening statement, well, counselor? See, yeah. Well, okay. I have more, but I wanted to. I didn't want to go on forever and ever. I would no, say. By the way, that, how much yes. of that is true? Which part? That you every, all the part that you just said. How much of that is true? I embellished on the like. I didn't call my dad Papa. 
Okay. But, but like, that, that's real. The, the, that's, the that, no, is, that is a real thing. There's an emotional connection there's to this attraction. There's an emotional connection to this attraction. You've got some Oedipal things. No, not Oedipal. That's not the right thing. <laughs> You've got some cats in the cradle sort of there, thing yes, going yes. on. Yeah. yeah. Well, okay. And uh, as I have um, in the past year or so reevaluated my relationship with my dad, yeah. that was not always fantastic. I uncovered this thing where I was like, wait, so we waited in that line and it was 45 minutes long at minimum. I know we didn't go rope drop. We never did. Mm -hmm. Yet he would always wait in line because because really that was the only way that that we knew how to express love with each other and was waiting um, in line. Well, it was this thing where it was just like, I don't know how to express love to this child but I know that this means something to him. Mm. So I can do this. Yeah. And Jimmy, you, you know him. So like, you yeah. know, kind of like that's, that's. And I also, by the way, know what that is as a father. I know what that is. I know right. It looks like for me, I'm doing a right. thing with my child that clearly means something to him, but doesn't make any sense to me, but I'm going to do it. Right. Right. And, but that was like that. We had nothing in common. We had nothing like there's our, our, the only way that we could connect was, uh, through things like this and through Disneyland, which, you know, as, (laughs) as the year progresses, this might get more emotional, but, um, you know, um, that's where I'm at with that. I would say that this is a good example of Disneyland's, Peter Pan is a good example, especially in comparison to the Magic Kingdom, of what a dark ride can be. Um, it can be a way to experience just a sense of wonder. Um, it can tell a cohesive story while providing an immersive, immersive experience rather than being, yeah, it is kind of a book report, but it also it gives you like the flavor of a Peter Pan rather than, and then this happened and then this happened and then this happened. Um, Or, you know, in another park, and I'm not going to say which one, it could just be a way to rotate the hogs through the, through a machine without regard for individual experience. I'm not going to say which one that is. And, (laughs) and you're right. And famously in 19 or in 1955, when this ride opened, you weren't, you were supposed to be Peter Pan. Just oh, like I have you were history. supposed to be Snow White. I have history. All right. Yeah, All right. yeah, yeah, yeah. But, yeah. but that, so not getting into that. The point is that this dark ride, less of a book report because you're kind of part of the journey. You're flying with Peter Pan. You're leaving I, the room. Right. I would wager that, and I have this more in my history section, but um anyone who has been in a theater program for kids is familiar with the play Peter Pan. And Parents who have seen that play know that really only the parts that are enjoyable and not bummingly, but numbingly boring are the scenes involving flight mm-hmm. and kind of similar to the movie. It's kind of similarly true with the movie, like the movie Peter Pan is it's cool and it's fun, but I don't think I'm the only one who tunes out after the like first, first. Yeah, the, the launch. <laughs> Yeah, off. it's really yeah. it's about getting to Neverland. It's right. about that. And then it's about like the last part, which is kind of that's what the right is. Yeah. So, Eric, uh, I'll turn to you. How would you like to um, negate 
Dan's um, experiences with his father and uh, ruin his childhood. Go ahead. Well, I would like to uh, to start by um, maybe finding that file that Dan put together the 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 like one minute timer for opening statements. <laughs> oh, we lost that. Oh yeah, I don't know where that sound is. Yeah, that wasn't um, nearly as funny as I thought it would be. The well, I mean, neither are we. Um, <laughs> it's true. Oh, let's see. I would like to point out as part of my opening statement that uh, the argument of Walmart versus Trader Joe's uh, is uh, is an argument that came up before I was part of this experiment in um, in society and <laughs> appreciation of of American culture in podcast governance. In, yes. <laughs> For for perhaps I would have pointed out that you can buy a Trader Joe's at Walmart these days. Um, <laughs> I don't know what I mean by that. Uh, I would also like to point out that it, in my very first appearance, well, my very second, what is this now up here? What, what, where are we? In some histories of this of this podcast, <laughs> in my second appearance, uh, you did you did use. Um, under new management against the Enchanted Tiki Room at Florida that never got a chance to even defend itself. Um, it will have its day in, in, in court, maybe. I don't know. Maybe again, someday. But Great, do we, just saying. We don't, we, don't, you, we don't hold it against the current one, though. The current one just sucks in comparison to Disneyland. Didn't you? Didn't you? I, well, I, I say things. Perhaps but, I was too befuddled with with the the covids to to mount a proper defense i was judging that episode that wasn't defending anything there was no defense i had nothing to judge i just showed up (laughs) just saying and now we now we have an impassioned plea for bringing emotionality to these these august proceedings i would like to point out that objectively it is august by the way Mm -hmm. cool that worked out nicely yeah um that uh, objectively Peter Pan's flight at Walt Disney world is a slightly longer experience, a slightly more slightly better organized experience crafted from start to finish with a storyline that makes sense and, and tells the, the enchanted tale of Peter Pan. Um, And this experience begins in an extended interactive queue that doesn't make you feel like you want to shout at your family. Really? Is this what you want? <laughs> Dan's got his Korean war veteran. He's, on he's back. He's back. All in right. Battle. That's my opening statement. We're good. Good. Right. Okay. So uh, thank you for that. No points awarded uh, for either of those diatribes. Um, although I will say, Dan, I appreciate the emotional connection you have. And that is, Back to what we read earlier about Natalie's uh, Natalie's experience with Disneyland. It is about love. That's right. And this attraction for you is very much about love. Yes. So I, I'm, I, unfortunately, well, fortunately, fortunately, I need to award a point for love. Huh. Oh, no. Six hours later. There we go. That's the, that's the yeah. subtitle of this episode. <laughs> <laughs> Nickel and dime this thing. All right. Let's uh, talk about the queue, Dan. What what about the don't you want to know about the history? Oh, yes, development? I forgot about the history. Excuse me. Yes, please. Okay. Wow. Uh, I know. I know everyone's clamoring to hear about the, the Magic Kingdom's awesome queue. That's like 
the best thing ever and whatever. It's going to get points for that. It's stupid. I don't care. Spoiler um, warning. It is. <laughs> yeah, it's whatever. It's not that good, but it exists. It's also indoors. It doesn't need to be yeah, good. You know, let's, yeah. Yeah, that's exactly my point. It's it doesn't it's it exists and that that's fine. Anyway, so um Peter Pan or the boy who wouldn't grow up or Peter and Wendy often known simply as Peter Pan is a work of a uh, work by J M M M M Barry in the form of a play uh in 1904 and it was also a 1911 uh novel Jimmy I heard, I heard your microphone come back on there weren't that many M's in his name you can nope. save yourself I had nothing to say sorry okay. I just wanted to have real time reactions oh that's good uh now mr mmm barry uh donated all his rights for peter pan to gosh also known as the great ormond street uh children's hospital i didn't just read that of course um so um Anyone's been in the theater? Yeah, I got that right. I got that joke out. Wasn't that good? Uh, so this ride is based on the 1953 movie, which is the most popular of the Disney them Disney them Disney <laughs> movies since Snow White. Uh, you really sound like a Korean War veteran. You know, <laughs> <laughs> uh, the movie does a fair amount of racisms and sexisms. So mm-hmm, beware there. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and the ride was built and conceived. On a pretty accelerated timeline, as was a lot. Oh, wow. I can't. There we go. As was a lot of uh, Fantasyland. It originally had no Peter Pan. And um, that's a good thing because you were supposed to be Peter Pan. It was Peter Pan's flight. You were Peter Pan. Um, And a lot of people didn't like this, which they were wrong, but that's fine. Um, It was the same with all the early rides. Uh, there was no Alice on Alice in Wonderland. There was no Snow White. There was no Pinocchio. Oh, wait, there, there was, was, there was no Pinocchio because Pinocchio wasn't around. Basically, so the, the whole idea was that you were the character, which was why it was Snow White's uh, traumatizing adventure or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, and Alice's adventures through Wonderland or, you know, all of that stuff. Um, so this led... To later on, I I think at least, and this isn't something we need to get into a lot of, but something to think about, an interesting take on who the writer is on all the rights going forward and how passive that relationship is. Um, I know, like in a, if you know, if you think about it, in a lot of rides that have built since have been built since, it's like, uh, hey, we need you to test this thing, or like we need you to take part in this thing. Anyway, just a side thought. Um, the ride vehicles. Um, gave Imagineers the chance to really experiment because they wanted to think about like the flight element um, because (laughs) Peter Pan flies and it was a really important part of it. They wanted to absolutely make sure that you were going to be flying. Hence the name Peter Pan's flight. You get it. You've been there. Uh, One of the early models was that we ride on Peter Pan, which is delightful, but um, let's Yeah. (laughs) Um, <laughs> so, but I'm presumably sitting in a seat. So, how well, does okay. lashed to to Peter Pan's am back? I, am I sitting in the, Peter Pan? Well, the and sketch which part that I of saw, him am I sitting in the sketch that I saw was that you were like sitting on his back. Mm. So, this is a little okay. We'll pause for just a moment here. This this is slightly disturbing because 
it, James M. Barry came up with these stories. He was, he was his family friends, Arthur and Sylvia Llewellyn Davies had several small children and he would just kind of show up at their house and tell them these stories and make them up. Yeah. Largely about himself because he was just over five feet tall. So yeah, he, he was presenting himself as a small boy that now we can, we can ride around. Right. He was a, he was a, a completely normal person. Oh, okay. um, sure. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. Uh, I, one would wonder where does the lap bar come down? You know, if you're riding on Peter Pan's back, it was the fifties. Um, you don't need a lap bar. Right. Come on. They didn't that's true. That. You just hold on with, with a wing and a prayer. Uh, so Bob, <laughs> Bob Gurr, uh, of course, uh, made this ride vehicle because he made all of them. And uh, for the ride system, they they had adapted a conveyor system from factories that transported materials above right. ground. I'm demonstrating with my hands for the two of you that can see it. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, if you've been to a dry cleaner and you see uh, the uh, the little racks that move around and sometimes yeah, they go the clothes, upstairs. Yeah. yeah, that's that's an example of like a smaller version of that. Um and it just leads me to think of like the Imagineers were really just these weird, like middle-aged engineer, like middle browed dudes with like, you know, short sleeve shirts and tiny ties. ties. Always with a tie. <laughs> like probably all had drinking problems. And they're like, check out Jack Plotnick's uh, YouTube page. Ooh. Um, so they eventually settled on boats. And each boat was uh, seven feet long and four and a half feet wide. They're made of fiberglass and weigh uh, 250 pounds. They're suspended from a track system built by the Cleveland Tram Rail Company and powered by one horsepower electric motor with a gearbox located forward of a wheeled trolley carriage. The ships used friction... A friction drive with a pinch drive wheel system to permit the vehicles to climb or descend as the track dictated. The sails blocked the view of that pinch drive. Mm. Uh, uh, and it also hid the tracks ahead, encouraging guests to look down towards the sets. The keel holds the boats steady for loading and unloading. <clears throat> so Peter Pan was also, <clears throat> hold on. <coughs> oh, yeah. Did you say one horsepower motor? That doesn't feel like enough to drive 250 pound thing let alone the up to 500 pounds of people it's, on en- it. it's enough to do it i don't know i this is i i'm not an engineer all right i'm barely okay a, yeah story tracks yeah <laughs> uh peter pan was different than a lot of the other dark rides uh mainly if you think about like snow white and mr toad they're all based on negative elements in the story um you know mr toad you go to hell snow right. white you you're in a living hell apple and yeah yeah it's all it's all scary. kind of this it's dark and scary right so peter pan had very little of that tension that guests experience in either of those and it's certainly the most positive of the fantasy land dark rides mm. and um it also has In its the original most, iteration, though. It's just can it with the original iteration. It's, I'm just know, saying. You're still talking have, about the history. This is the history segment. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But OK. Originally, Peter Pan had things that don't exist in the ride anymore. The end. You can look them up if you're interested in that. You come around the corner and Captain Hook shoots you. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> and the then 50s. the ride's over. Yeah. It's not like that anymore, though. <laughs> Just saying. If we're going to talk about the history. Let's history it up. I'm talking about the history of things as they exist now. Okay. There's plenty well, of when did that videos happen? out there. In like, I'm getting there. Um, so, uh, 
Beauty and Wonder. Uh, I just want to say it was the ride with the most Beauty and Wonder. I wanted to say that again. Uh, so uh, a lot of the show scenes, um, you're floating above open space with show with uh, with show elements uh, rather than being surrounded by cutouts. And again, genuine sense of wonder. I have that in my brain notes several times, and I feel like I really need to repeat it. Mm-hmm. So it's been reworked several times. Uh, structurally, not a lot has changed. The first three scenes are enhanced, but not terribly different. Um, we have the addition of projections and lighting effects that I'll get into later. Um, the last third of the track of the ride, uh, apparently originally had your ship fly through skull rock. And as Eric was saying, you encounter hook and he says, shoot them down. Um, that's fine. Well, that's uh, right. Smee shoots you, right? Yeah. Not Captain Hook. Right. Captain yeah. Hook just orders your execution. You yeah, but the original plans showed that your your vehicle flew through one of the eyes of Skull Rock, but they couldn't right. figure out logistically how to make that work with the overhead track through the right. skull and all that. Yeah. And I would imagine that, that cool. if, if it's not there, if they got rid of it, it's probably because it just was never satisfying. Like I, I understand, you know, how someone would see that or hear about that and go like, oh, why did they change it? They probably changed it because it probably sucked. I think it's, you know, but who knows? Maybe it was great. I, I don't know. I don't think um, it ever executed. I, they had original plans for it. I don't think it was ever executed. I There's kind of conflicting information out there. I'm willing to assume that, that it actually happened. Um not maybe, yeah, maybe not the skull rock thing, but at least the coming around the corner and right. get shot at. Right, because right. again, like all the other rides, you were supposed to be the hero of the ride, and it never worked for any of them. <laughs> yeah. Um, so in 1960, they made some changes. They updated the nursery, uh, where you then you it used to be you just go into the nursery. This is the first scene. We'll get into the details later. Uh, it had a they installed a window that actually opened mechanically oh, like cool. it's magic uh and late in 1960 um all the rides re- received new gags and scenes uh and for this one yale gracie and his team reworked and improved the lighting and they put in a new sound system <clears throat> there might be some thoughts about sound later and uh scenery they put in new scenery upgraded the animation some issues with the overhead track were taken care of. The skull rock effect was changed. So according to this source, which is the book we use, uh, one of you, could you remind the listeners what the book that we use a lot? Sam Genoway's Sam Genoway story. Disneyland that one. Story. Thank you. Yep. Uh, according to Sam Genoway, the skull rock effect did exist, but they got rid of it. Okay. Uh, and so let's see. They added uh, animated vehicles to the London scene. Um, And in 1983, New Fantasyland comes along. And all of Fantasyland was remodeled. The pirate ship battle uh, that we saw then. So they changed the final scene from Captain Hook or through Smee shooting your ship down to the the final scene that ended up being at Disney World, which we will get into. Uh, so that was adapted. They and they finally added Peter. Uh, they added some water effects to 
the third scene that we will get more into detail about. Sorry, fourth, final scene, let's say. Um, do, 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 uh, we don't, do we need that? Do we need to get on that? 46, 37. <laughs> <laughs> Look, I'm doing a lot here. Uh, so, oh, they also added new stars that guided guests towards Neverland Island. And, and they added it again, the ending got changed a lot. And I think they also added the second star to the right effect at that point, which we will also get into the details of 2015. Uh, and this is the last bit of history I have. Thank you for bearing with me. Uh, lighting effects were adapted to projections wherever is appropriate. I know Eric does not like projections. He's an anti-projection person. That's fine. Um, I, I, I love projectionists and their union because I go to the movies all the time. Okay. See, um, so, and I'll get into what those are exactly when we go into scene by scene, uh, the nursery, which is the first scene they had, they added animated animation there. They added animatronics kind of, yeah. um, yes, more like, more like, uh, little figures that are on poles that are spinning yeah i right <laughs> i i i figured, but i think that's true in both right uh is it maybe anyway go ahead anyway history All wise right. that's that they added that uh they added a tinkerbell projection effect uh basically just a lot of projections and um do, 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 do. and let's say they added more stars to the neverland scene because they probably did well done dan so many stars. Thank you for all the stars. So we have a 1955 original, 1960 update, 1983 update, and a 2015 update. Yeah. Got it. Eric? All right. Uh, Walt Disney World's Fantasyland was supposed to have very different attractions. Um, this we can, we can talk a lot more about all of the different ideas they had when we finally get to the Fantasyland, the, the new Fanty show. Um, but... In the place of Peter Pan, they wanted to use a similar ride system to create a Mary Poppins ride. Mm. It would have recreated much of the Jolly Holiday scenes from the movie. Um, Or there was potential to have people hanging from umbrellas to ride across the rooftops of London. Due to financial pressure and increasing, increasing estimates of guest attendance, Roy and the other executives started to shift more rides to replicas of Disneyland classics. So at a very basic level... Uh, the history is they made a better version of Disneyland by having the show scenes be a little bit longer, a little more detailed, and they have um, only plussed those up more over the years. The big, the big addition, you know, like the the whole point of having the, all the show scenes and and not ending with me shooting you. Yeah, that was there from the start in uh, 1971. Jimmy, please give Eric a point for the version of at Disneyland in 1955 not being as good as the version that's there now. No. Okay, thank you. <laughs> in 2015, I, I don't know what you're saying. Uh, in 2015, uh, renovation, there were major renovations for the interactive queue. They extended the queue through the the building. Um, and we'll talk a lot more about that in the next segment. Mm-hmm. Dan, what is that sound picture you're <laughs> painting for everyone? Nothing. So it was originally going to be a Mary Poppins ride. That's cool. That would have been awesome. That would have been cool. And and by oh, the yeah. way, if not for Mary Poppins, Disney World doesn't exist. And you know, what a fitting tribute that would have been. And why 
Disney has not done a Mary Poppins tribute in any fashion is beyond me, mm. but let's move on. I I don't know. I think that we need to consider if they had made it Mary Poppins instead of Peter Pan, I think that this this uh this episode injustice, doesn't exist. Right. <laughs> it would. It would be it would be the hangy rides. The hangy Peter Pan right. v it would be. It Mary would be. Poppins. Yes. Mary Poppins Umbrella Express. All okay. right. So is that your history? That's my history. All right. They they made a they made a a, a somewhat better one. I still, outside of the love argument, still do not have a compelling point to give. So let's go into the queue. Eric, go for it. I mean, it's going to go to you anyway. <laughs> well, yeah, well, I here. have nothing to say for the history, and you have nothing to say for the queue. Well, no, I mean, I do, look. Okay, the queue at Disneyland. First of all, the the land impact. Wait, uh, we're not there yet? What? Okay. But you see so much of the land while you wait in this queue. <laughs> that's, the, that's the line impact, not the land impact. Historically, Walt wanted Fantasyland to be a Pinocchio village, very similar mm. to the B- Bavarian village. We he, see almost there, he, he almost got it. He got it in 83. Right. That's true. And so now, as you wait in line for Peter Pan, you can enjoy this, the sights and sounds of the Walt Disney's original vision. Um, and it has a delightful series of switchbacks <laughs> with expertly designed wood handrails that people can feel the intricate, de- intri- intricate detail and woodworking of for upwards of 45 minutes. Uh, you can see the queen uh, from of England, you know, of uh, Oh, the wicked queen from Snow White. You but- can see her several times. Um, those of you who, who doesn't like Disneyland history, huh? Who doesn't? No one. I don't hear anyone raising their hand. So there are some fixtures from the old chicken of the sea restaurant. Yes, there are. And there's, what about Captain Hook's hook? What about, are you, are you, uh, are you, is this your new Seinfeld set that you're, that you're trying out or (laughs) what's the the deal with all the Captain Hook hook? Who are these people? That's where they, that's, that's what those are. They're light fixtures from the original uh, Chicken of the Sea restaurant. Piece of history there. Waiting for the point sound. Okay, no. Um, <laughs> no, I, I I wanted to verify it. I looked a lot around and there was talk about Captain Hook, his hook being in the queue, and I watched several conflicting videos. But the fact that the Chicken of the Sea restaurant, which was a pirate ship, uh-huh. pieces and parts of that ship in the queue is really cool and deserves a point and go seek it out next time you're there. Six hours later. There we go. Sounds like Dan's um, introduction. And no. what? <laughs> Nothing. Go ahead. The, the queue has a consistent sense of place. Kind of. Whatever. The queue at Walt Disney World is a jumbled nightmare, but it will probably get points because Jimmy's a stand for reworked queues. And I think people probably think Walt Disney World needs a win. But keep in mind that we have probably covered most of Disneyland's strongest rides anyways. So whatever. Um, let's see. Also, <laughs> if you can't handle waiting in a non-updated queue, then you clearly do not support the charitable cause of the great Ormond street children's hospital and possibly are against the existence of all children's hospitals let that weigh on your conscience as it will thank you (laughs) 
you don't, if Disneyland doesn't win, then you hate children. Oh man, um, that's my right. angle. So okay, that's that's fair. Um, it is. I will point out <laughs> if you have the Disney Parks Play app, there are quite a few things you can do in this queue, and. Not one, but in two places, there are lanterns in the queue that if you're using the app and you use it with the lantern, Tinkerbell will show up in the lantern. So it is, in fact, interactive Mm -hmm. um, using the play app. And so there are two places, one in the in the queue and then one at the exit. There are two places where you can see Tinkerbell inside of a lantern using the Disney Parks play app. And as a recently uh, obese person, I can tell you that those handrails are making really good use of space. Wow. How about a point? <laughs> how about a point for the Disney Park Disney Play Parks app? No. That dancing gave old Bill all right. Okay, so Let's, that is uh, – yeah. we right. can generally agree the queue's not great. It's, Eric's it's going to go to the point store now. It's a That's little fine. stuffy. It, it's switchbacks. Yeah. You can interact a little bit due to technology. Right. Uh, it's right there when you walk into Fantasyland on the right-hand side. Yes, mm-hmm. you can see other stuff. You're in the land. You're definitely not immersed in the story. Part of that is space, Dan, to be fair. And I wouldn't. I didn't give a point for the length of the ride to Eric on account of the space argument. So I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna allow. Are they that, that much longer? I, from what I can tell, they're basically the same length. It's like 20 seconds. It's not. It's not much. Yeah, when you're dealing with 20 seconds, that's like 10 percent faster or True. longer, right? True. It's only so, a four minute ride. Well, 2:38 in Disney. Yeah, yeah that's right. Yeah. Uh, anyway, Sorry. so um, all right. Yeah, 2:48 so, versus 2:20. So go ahead and uh, share the queue, Eric. Okay, thanks yeah. for recapping Dan's argument for those who... That's all it really took. Um, all right, uh, the uh, the queue at Walt Disney World is set in a medieval Renaissance fair theme like the rest of uh, that corner of Fantasyland. Um, it, the, the ride entrance is a large tent with banners that uh, have shields on either side that display the wait time and the fast pass clocks. The sign Peter Pan's Flight... Uh, shows the the word the name of the ride set in a cloud over which Wendy, John, Michael, and Peter are flying. Tinkerbell is hovering over the sparkling dot over uh, the uh, eye uh, in flight. Sorry, there's a cloud on my sign as well. Is 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 Tinkerbell the the dot over the eye? Do you have Big Ben in the background rising majestically? No, because people can read and they know what that ride is. So you're saying that, that they don't even get to see what the ride is. They, they don't well, that's why you go on the ride. See the characters. That's why you go from, on the ride. From afar while they're... Yeah. winding you go on the right the streets. The, you don't you don't look you gotta wait you gotta wait in line to see the characters not in walt disney world where yeah, once you well, enter into you know. the building you see portraits from the animated film in a hallway the first portrait hangs on a wall to the right hand side of the walkway so it, eric real quick i, I do <laughs> want i do want to say that i got a lot to talk about we I, can't interrupt too much yeah sorry <laughs> uh, just last time um i i'm not going to award it a point yet but the Disneyland's version is much more subtle. I I don't like the theming of the Disney World. That part of the Magic Kingdom with the Renaissance Fair thing, I, I it's just in your face a little bit. I don't like the entrance statement, but let's let's hold off on that. To to, to kind of oh. paraphrase that with a note from my brain notes, which is that uh, the sign from the Magic Kingdom. M- makes it look like a tartar depot a little bit right uh anyway okay so so go ahead eric I, that was just an observation not a point go ahead all right 
Well, uh, let's see. First portrait, in, and as you enter the hallway, uh, it's a map of Neverland, complete with crystal blue water and location uh, location designations for the Mermaid Lagoon, Skull Rock, Pirate's Cove, Crocodile Creek, Indian Camp, Hangman's Tree. The plaque at the bottom of the portrait reads, This tale starts in Neverland, second star to the right, where we'll join Peter Plan for an adventurous flight. That's right, these plaques rhyme. What's that, Jimmy? Or Peter Pan. Did I say Peter? Peter Plan, but go ahead. I didn't want to interrupt. Peter Plan. No, nice. (laughs) You did. (laughs) Let's see. On the left side of the walkway um, is a portrait of the Mermaid Lagoon featuring five mermaids, uh, similar to the scene in the ride. Uh, The plaque here reads, The journey will take us through a mermaid lagoon where they're splashing and playing all afternoon. Uh, On the third portrait... Uh, we see Captain Hook and Mr. Smee in a small boat. Um, Hook is standing regally uh, with his hook in the air. Um, TikTok, the croc floats in the background coming um, coming after them. The plaque explains, we will pass Pirate's Cove at the end of the day to find TikTok, the crocodile, chasing his prey. The fourth portrait uh, shows Peter Pan and Tinker Bell uh, flying above Neverland. Um, now Peter leaves Neverland, Tinkerbell at his side. They fly off to London, where the Darlings reside. So, see, this is this is prehistory. This is before the movie even starts. It's so telling the story. This, are we presuming that this is in the house? Are these portraits no, this is, in the house? No, we're not in the house. Yet. Okay, we're, we're just in, in a hallway. You're in a strange, amorphic like place because you we're, walk through the Fancyland Fair area into uh, what I imagine are like a series of cardboard walls that they had to build to get you to the proper building the the darling Inside. house that yeah and to to further confuse the storytelling they included pictures of like it implies that this so this is the darling house but it's not the darling house we're, and if we're it place, is the darling we're place house, setting we're, we're telling you how we're, yeah. we're we're setting things up we're getting we're transitioning into the darling house so eric not unlike walking under the train station and getting a preview of coming attractions at the magic kingdom or disneyland precisely you're getting you're getting a little bit of setup you're you're giving your your eyes a chance to adjust to the light you're leaving the hustle and bustle of the largest stroller park oh in uh, the magic kingdom. Yep. Um, and you're heading into a delightful experience. Delightful. Yep. Dan's Dan's frozen. So that's cool. <laughs> now we can continue not for real though. He's just not moving. Go ahead. Continue. Right. It's right. Just, I don't understand why it's a better cue. Go ahead, Eric. That's fine. The fifth portrait hanging on the wall uh, shows a nighttime sky with two stars shining brightly it's a reference to the directions to Neverland, second star to the right, and straight on till morning. Yeah, I get it. Um, yeah. <laughs> the plaque below it reads, In the skies above London on this calm, sleepy night, Peter glides slowly. Uh, Peter glides toward the city from stars shining bright. I don't know why I'm adding extra words. These are plaques, Wait, people. This is the night before Christmas. Yes, and Peter has lots of presents <laughs> to bring Peter's to the Santa. darlings. Okay. He's almost there. All right. Um, sixth, sixth portrait shows uh, London at night. Um, the plaque reads over rooftops inspired sp- spires, Peter and Tink soar on toward the darlings whom Peter adores. It's setting up that he knows these people. He's not just showing up and kidnapping them. Um, he's a friend of the family. The final portrait. Uh, it's Peter Pan standing on the family rooftop with only his face illuminated by the glow of Tinkerbell. The plaque reads Peter arrives at the darlings to watch Wendy tell tales of adventures in Neverland where excitement prevails. I didn't phrase that properly but 
That's because they put the the carriage return at the wrong spot. But you get it. Rhymes. Um, Then you enter the darling home. You enter into the bedroom and you get to see uh, you get to see silhouettes of Mr. And Mrs. Darling. Um, You get to see portraits of all of the characters, including Nana, the dog. Oh, and you wait. Are you counting the cardboard Nana as a portrait or or is that? No, no, that's in the ride. But in the queue, Wait, no, no. There's a there's a there's a full 3D figure in the ride. Yeah, no, no. They, there's there. We're looking at portraits of everybody before we get into the room. Okay. So we're in the nursery. There's toys and details from from the movie all over the place. Um, there is a sheet tied to the headboard um, of a bed with a Jolly Roger flag on a broomstick to look like ship sails over it. It's uh, who has portraits of their dog in their house? Whoa. <laughs> <laughs> I don't have one behind me right now. It's not in this room. It's in the other room. <laughs> to the listener, I just showed Dan and Eric a portrait of my dog. It was very nice. Um, yeah, they've got details all over. John's top hat umbrella, um, a wooden riding horse, socks and clothes, wooden swords, a calendar from 1904 with December 27th circled, and the which is the date of the first stage performance of Peter and Wendy. Um, let's see. Michael's bed has blocks that spell out Peter Pan. Because kids played with blocks back then. Do they play with blocks anymore? Jimmy, do sure. kids still play with blocks? I mean, cool. my kids don't, but yes, kids in general do. Well, yeah, your kids I are a little them. older than these kids. I have them in my house. There are blocks, styrofoam blocks. They're, you know, they used to have the letter number blocks. Yep. It's still a thing. Mm, okay, cool. Um, here's where the interaction comes in. Dan loves interaction. Your shadow can, your shadow, you, Jimmy, your shadow can ring bells, release Tinkerbell from a cage, um, get a wave from Peter Pan. Uh, Tinkerbell flies around. Wait, uh, a wave from Peter Pan? His shadow. Yeah. Oh, I his never shadow saw will that. wave at you. That's cool. Um, yeah. Tinkerbell flies around and rocks different toys in the room. So the sailboat will rock back and forth. She'll go into a keyhole. She straightens a crooked painting and she sprinkles guests with pixie dust. Yeah. The um, waving of the bell thing is really cool. Waving your hands and you ding the bells. Yeah. Um, yeah. Wendy's bed is neat. Luggage is nearby. Um, she's not a boy, so she doesn't have stuff all over the place. <laughs> and that's the ride. You emerge into the Q. loading area where, what did I say? The line? You said the ride. Oh, no. It's the queue. Oh, yeah. The queue. The queue. That, I'm looking at the words, the ride. Right. You, um, go, you go back from, you go from the Darling House back to the Fantasyland Fair. Briefly, yes. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So you could see the outside one more time before you go on your majestic adventure. Listen, there there is nothing stopping Disneyland from enclosing the queue and air conditioning it and theming it better. There's nothing stopping that. It's taking up geography. There's nothing stopping that. So the queue at Disney World is more immersive. There's oh, I, more I, to look at. I, There's I, more I, to do. It's a I better experience. And, uh, it get it the queue is a better experience, Dan. Don't even look. the queue is a better experience. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. So if you I, want to experience the magic and wonder of Peter Pan, you wait that 45 minutes and you don't need an interactive queue. You don't need anything spelled out for you. You wait. And if you play heads up with your phone, I will <laughs> knock it out of your hand. <laughs> well, I think the point is at Disney World, you don't need to do that because there's other things you can interact with. You're more immersed in the experience. I'm going to award two points. To mm. Magic Kingdom's Peter Pan's flight. 
I get it. Wow. I get it. It is a it it's it exists. It's better. My, it's it's better, but what I'm my complaint with it is it and I I'm not trying to take away points or anything. This is just how I talk. Um <laughs> is is they could do they could do better with it. Like there are some things that they could They could do better at Disneyland with it. I agree. That's fine. But like, if you're going to do the thing, then do the thing right. Like, it doesn't make any sense to me why. And again, I'm not trying to take away any points. I'm just voicing an opinion. Uh, I don't understand the con- the inconsistency of you start off in this Fantasyland fair area. You go through this weird transitional space and then you go through what is basically a more detailed version of the first show scene in the ride you walk through that that's true and then you go through another weird transitional place that yeah it has like fun uh stuff i don't i'm not seeing my waveforms are you seeing my waveforms no no i am okay oh, okay as long as i'm seeing yours. yours i wasn't seeing eric okay you know, okay said I am. all right that's better uh anyway then you go into this other transitional place that yeah, it has an inter- interactive stuff. That's fine. But then you go back into the fantasy land fair area. It's like, just put up some more walls or something. Yeah. It's a good point, Dan. And, and, and you're right. I'm not going to take away points, but I, I, I was just thinking of it as a, as a encom- self encompassed queue. And that part is better and it's significantly better, which is why I gave it two points. But you're right you that. that you go through the darling bedroom. Then suddenly you're back. I mean, they immerse you in it. It's really good. And then you just are suddenly outside back in the fair and then you go back into the bedroom. Right. So my, my only justification and it's not point worthy. My only justification is as you're walking out of the bedroom, you're going towards the queue. And then when you go back, you're going back towards the bedroom. That's my only, that's it's thin, but that's my only justification (laughs) from an imagineering standpoint is I left the bedroom. I get in this, this boat and I'm going back in. That's the I, only thing I can think of. I, I can justify it even better. Let's say that there's there's uh, someone in the company that isn't terribly, you know, concerned with like the super detail stuff. Let's say that this person is, oh, let's call him uh, Richard Paycheck. Just, <laughs> you know, just and before. Paycheck. I know I'm just putting a name to this character. It's. Dick Paycheck, right? So Dick Paycheck comes along and he's and they're like, hey, we need to make the the queue more more themed. By the way, queue is a line. We know you're new to this. You came to us from you know Cedar Fair or whatever. And so here we go. We're gonna do this thing. Or the Dollywood reporter. Exactly. <laughs> and he, and he's like, you know what? Just make it the darling house. Just make them walk through the nursery and the the people at the meeting are like, but isn't like, eh, it doesn't matter. It's for kids. Just do it. Just do it. Okay, Dan. So Mm -hmm. Dan, Asher's tugging on your sleeve. Oh yeah. What's up? Dan hates interactive cues almost as much as Jimmy loves furries. True. (laughs) All of that is true. Okay. So we're a couple hours into this episode and (laughs) I'd like to um, talk about the ride. Talk about the ride. So cue Disney world. Now the ride itself uh, I know, Eric, you've done some work on this. The ride itself is largely similar, but can you talk us through, or or Dan, Eric, Volley, let's go scene by scene and just what happens in this ride. Okay. So the first scene is... Wait, 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 wait. wait. You have to board first. 
Oh, geez. Okay, yeah. So you have to board, and the difference between the Disneyland and the Disney World, one's an Omnimover, I want to say. Well, at least at that part, it's, yeah, it's, it's more a of conveyor. an Omnimover. It's a, right. The ride system is not an Omnimover, but right. yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, because, you know, you, you get them people in the ride, get them in, get them out. There we go. Bing, bing, boom. The difference and, is that the Disney World one does not stop or slow down. It does not stop or slow down, and at the end, you have a delightful interaction where I have never seen a cast member not sprinkle pixie dust over yeah, the handlebar true. as it closes. Very similar to the Haunted Mansion, where the ghost host lowers it for you. Uh, similar story, except that a cast member pixie dusts the thing close. Same idea. Yeah. Well, and... Uh I forgot I was going to go with that. Anyway, um, so you load the the ride vehicle at Disneyland and a human being acknowledges your presence and says, hello, thank you for riding. Let me get that lap bar for you. <laughs> no, they, they don't. pull it down. And by the way, it's worth a point for the pixie dust. And it works. Oh, right. and it's great. Yeah. I, the, the first time I went on this ride with my nieces, my little niece, Ellie, went, yeah, and gasped in delight as the cast member lowered the lap bar for us. It's a cool effect. It doesn't always work at the Haunted Mansion, but it seems to always work at the at the Peter Pan. And yeah, it is nice, just the right sprinkling spot. that the cast member just like sprinkles their fingers and it lowers. It's really cute. It's a fun. It's a fun ad, and it was worth a point. Go ahead. Nice and I see where this is going. <laughs> no, um, no, all right. Don't. So you go through the nursery. It's your very first time seeing it. Um, <laughs> That's fair. That is fair, by the way. Uh, that is very fair. And uh, <laughs> you see uh, the the darling children. And by that, I mean the children whose last name are darling. Not the, I mean, they are. Oh, they, they're both darling. They're dar- the, it both applies. Yes. Um, so you see an animated Peter Pan shadow. And you see an animated Tinker Bell. I'm going to pronounce it like that. Uh, you fly in one window, you fly out another window, and there is so much excitement in the music. Peter Pan says, "Come on, everybody! Here we go! Here we go!" And we hear the 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 song from the original movie. You can fly, you can fly, you can fly, as sung by an excited choir. That they even started with the and it is so exciting as you fly out the window and you see a uh, transition scene from the window to London, which I won't get into quite yet. And Tinkerbell follows you through this wonderful use of projection mapping. Okay, now what is different at Disney World? Let's see. So the music. The music is perhaps somewhat different. You have you you have me, Dan. I just want to know what the difference is, Dan. Somebody, no, Eric. Do you go want ahead. to talk about? I didn't research both. Okay, <laughs> go ahead, on. Eric. Tell me what is different about the Magic Kingdom's opening scene because I like this. I'm I'm about to give it a point, unless you can convince me otherwise. Okay. Yeah. Uh, well, let's see. So, no, the music is somewhat different because we head into a tra- the transition point out of the nursery is is different so eric you want to play some of that uh music side by side for yeah i wish you had i wish you had set these into small into smaller chunks oh um, well because yeah i i can i can edit things in 
Here we'll start with you and your let's start with of you. Audio. Let's start with. Can we start with you? Should we have a, a better comparison? Okay. It's nice and sleepy because we are heading into. We're heading out the window over. Uh-huh. Over an alleyway where Nana Nana's is barking, barking at yeah. you, right. but so it, you have a little bit of an extension. You're right. flying, but it's yeah, it's nighttime. It's sleepy time. And flying is completely normal. It's, it's something you do every day. <laughs> okay, and so, and you can also hear the very same cue triggered by the boat behind you because they just crank them out. They just put them. Oh, you go, can go, hear go. that. Come on. Yeah, that's a that's a weak argument. But uh, can you play <laughs> Disneyland's version? You're flying. Yeah. It's, it's just better. That's better. Point Disneyland. That's better. Six hours later. It's more exciting. There's more going on. It's it it feels more like flight. I totally agree, Dan. Is Nana in the alleyway at Disneyland? I forget. I don't I No, you turn around a corner and you're over London. Okay. Okay, that's fine. So that's part of the extension. Fine. Well, because na- Nana's in, in the more. Nana's in the nursery. Right. So she that's can't right. be both places. Oh, that's, that's right. true. She's in the yes. nursery. Now, let's talk about the blocks in the nursery before we get out. Do the blocks change what they say? What? What do you mean? There are blocks, like Eric was talking about, the blocks that kids play with. In the nursery scene, the blocks spell out words like Disney and oh, Peter Pan. I know they do spell out things, but I haven't looked into whether they change or not. Do I would both? not be surprised Eric, if they do. do. They both? Yeah, I've, I know I've seen that in Walt Disney World. I don't All right, so they, they, know that that, that point negates itself. <laughs> Listener, look at the blocks laid out on the floor in the nursery. They spell things like Disney or Peter Pan or whatever. So check that out as a little Easter egg and go. <laughs> Okay, so then we go to, to wait, Eric. Do you want to go first? Just yes. Okay. Uh, why not? Why not? I, I feel At- like you're very, very happy with your London scene. I am very happy with my London scene. It's okay. it's a good scene. Okay, good. Uh oh. <laughs> what? Um, as you pass over the the streets of a a close up detailed look at the streets of London with with Nana, you head around the corner. You head high up over over a London that is brightly lit has very tiny realistic looking car lights moving across across bridges and through streets uh, you you fly over a very detailed looking landscape that is not at all that does not look at all as if it was made out of uh, fluorescent tape under black light and a projection thing at the end that I guess means you're going to neverland okay um <laughs> Sorry, that was more that was more negative than yeah. Usual. It was. Let's let's yeah. yeah let's, I'm attacking Dan. Let's stop doing because I was hoping he would go first. Well, no, I I wanted you to go first so that so, I could point out. That, yeah, go ahead. Both both scenes are very similar. You've yeah. got you've got cars moving that yeah. are just like they're they're on a conveyor belt, right? They're lights. Um, you've got Big Ben in both scenes. In London at Disneyland, we have animated water, animated Peter yes, and kids on Big Ben. And, yeah, and a hidden Mickey, by the way, you've got the animated mm. kids, which I didn't realize was not a thing at Disney World. When you look at Big Ben, if you look at it at the right time, and the right angle, the kids and Peter Pan are on the clock, right mm-hmm. on the arm, hands of the clock projected flying Just across like the movie. Yeah. And when you come around the corner, there's a full body Mickey. Huh? 
It's a hidden Mickey. It's a full-bodied hidden Mickey in the clock tower around the corner from when the kids fly away. Now, I, Is he precariously perched? Is Mickey in danger? <clears throat> no, he's inside the clock tower. Oh, okay. Okay. Now, I understand that a lot of people have argued, and this is things I've seen online. By the way, I'm sorry to, I didn't mention, it, that's what? a point. That is really cool. The, oh, okay. the fact that you can fly, that makes you feel like you're part of the story a lot more because you're watching this thing happen. Mm-hmm. And the hidden Mickey, not so much, but the kids and Peter Pan on the clock, very cool. Six hours later. Well, and what better way to feel like you're a part of the story than to feel like you are actually in a place so granted the magic kingdom uh london scene does have more 3d buildings however i would venture to say that um less force perspective goes a longer way because there's less liability for the force perspective to not be in agreement with itself um in fact if you you look suggesting that at certain points if you look in the wrong direction it might be in in a direction not intended, you might see something that looks funky or out of place, like a curvy Eiffel Tower. <laughs> not actually in there. I'm I'm making a. a I'm a I'm suggesting Soren, I'm yes. suggesting that at certain spots there are, and this is not even looking in the wrong direction. There are like houses that are the size of London Bridge at Magic Kingdom. The force perspective is there's it. They wrote themselves a check that they couldn't cash, basically, I think. And I think that Disneyland was very smart in keeping just like London Bridge and Big Ben as being their major set pieces because that's London in our minds. And it does have animated water. And by the way, the boats at the Magic Kingdom are apparently giant boats um, because the perspective is weird. Um, Just it 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 looks off and I, I I appreciate that they put more stuff in there, but more stuff isn't always better stuff. That's why we have different words for those things. I'm not sure that I, that I, well, clearly I disagree with that because the, the London scene in Walt Disney world has always felt more real to me. The lights, perhaps I, Perhaps I'm not staring at the buildings with the uh, the jaded eye of uh, of a Disneylander, but I, I'm looking. I'm mostly looking at the lights. I'm looking at the cars driving by. I'm looking. Right. I'm, I'm soaking in the general feel of the scene. So I mm. maybe the force perspective works when you're looking at at the shiny things, like so then like somebody like me. So then the addition of all of those extra three dimensional buildings are kind of unnecessary. Then no, they they add to the the add to the feel of it. It's all, it, it feels realer. It's, it, it's a little, I, I mean, it's, I, I don't want to say completely stunning. I am not like falling out of the boat because I'm so amazed at what I'm looking at, but it feels really actually real. I wish I had more words to say the word real, real, really <laughs> well done. Now the, the vehicles are <laughs> slightly different, right? They, they hold more capacity or are they basically the same two adults or Two adults and a child. I think they're the same. I mean, much, when it comes yeah. to capacity, Disney World has more capacity in general. Only slightly. Yeah, they're but not. They're neither neither right. high capacity. Oh, and also speaking of London, uh, there's another sound issue there because you can hear car horns, and you can hear the motors of cars. Like you're supposed to be very far up 
that you can hear like everyday mundane street sounds. Which have you is, ever flown over London? Uh, let's say I have. Motorless. I mean, you can probably, you're not generating sound yourself while you're flying. You could probably hear what's beneath you. I live in the mountains. I can hear things across a canyon. Can you hear a person starting their car? Yes. Depending on the place, I can hear somebody starting their car across the canyon. Okay. So the 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 nursery scene in Disneyland has effectively animated kids flying up whereas Disney World is is you know they're animatronic but they're stationary, right? Right. Um the animated water the Disneyland version is brighter and the water is animated, the river is a little smaller but I think that's a space constraint. Big Ben is predominantly featured. There are other buildings, more three-dimensional things that the Disney World one, but the Disneyland version is a lot more alive. Mm-hmm. Alive how? Well, there's there's more kinetic energy. I already gave a point for the clock tower, um, but the, per, the, the, the three-dimensional scene with the tower bridge and the boats and that kind of thing, it feels... Feels if you're dealing with forced perspective, for me it feels like the Disney World version does a better job with that. There's more three dimensional buildings. There's more things to see. So I, I, I guess I'm I, I'm going to negate a point and say that Disneyland has a better version of London because of its kinetic energy. But Disney World feels more real. So it's a negated point. Okay. Six hours later. I don't know how to play those backwards. And just like Eric said, you do get an animated second star to the right or possibly Neverland. It's it's cool. That's that's all that it is. Yeah, cool. It's a thing. It's worth yeah. a point. Point animated second star. Six hours later. How about the moon with the children and Peter Pan flying across it? And Disney World. if you get it at the right time, you got a hidden Mickey point for hidden Mickey. Every, this whole thing is just going to be point point for point. Okay, I'm, I'm good maybe with that. Uh, you don't know. Actually, so, I guess I'm down. But still, as you fly over Neverland, you're flying over a single structure with no characters. Now, I understand why people might not like that, but I would argue that it is a cinematic establishing shot. A hundred percent with the rainbow and the waterfall. Thank you. Yes. Whereas at another park that I might be arguing against, uh, it has more of a all your friends are here feeling. Uh, and, but, and if we're being really honest, nobody really cares about the minor characters. Uh, objection. Okay. Name <laughs> one mermaid. Name Long one mermaid. Word. Name Ariel. one mermaid. Ariel. Yes. One is clearly Ariel. It's actually uh, yeah, Ariel's cousin. And that's cousin, stupid. By the way, if you ask a cast member, it's Ariel's cousin. Okay. okay. Neat. Okay, so uh, darling kids, the two boys, which one's the youngest? Uh, Michael. Michael. Okay. Name one lost boy without describing them. Um, it's very difficult to not name Peter Pan. <laughs> name one mermaid that isn't Ariel because Ariel's not in the movie. Are they named? Nobody Do cares about know? the minor Do characters. You even know? I don't because nobody cares about the minor characters. So 
rather than shoving them all in and being like, look, it's a Peter Pan, let's see proof. It's a, the Native Americans have their own song. I know it's not a song we like to talk about, but they have their own song in the movie. Okay. Name one besides Tiger Lily or the chief. I don't have to. They have their own song. They're important. You want to see all of your friends. So flying over Neverland, Disney World ride. There are so many stars animated water volcano bubbling effects that if you fly over it you can see the little thing bubbling it's really cool. the star effect is pretty cool i will admit yeah and you the track goes up and down you start up and you start going up and the, the track goes down and when it goes down it goes whoosh. that's true does that not happen in disney world it does not point uh, that Six one. hours later so is it one point for all of that because you were very impressed by the establishing shot no. Oh, that's a good point. Did I not already give a point for that? I don't know. I, I thought I did. Back. Yeah. You, I, you said something about it. Yeah. Let's give it a point. Six hours later. So Walt Disney World, you pass your Native American friends. You pass Skull Rock. You pass multiple mountains. There, there are multiple set pieces that are all uh, that are all just as colorful as the the mountains in Disneyland, and there's more to see. The establishing shot, which already got a point, is better at Disneyland. Now, I think you get a little more intimacy with the characters at Disney World, but to Dan's point, I don't really care. And like, you still see all the characters. You still see them all. You still see the mermaids. You True. Still see- After the story's done, they're like, they're over there. Yeah, I mean, granted that they are kind of shoehorned in, but there's a really weird perspective problem again with this situation. Cause if you look at, um, I had pictures, but this is already going way too long. Um, like either they are giants or it's a very small place. And I don't know how the mermaids got up the waterfall, but apparently they're stuck. They're strong it, swimmers. <laughs> yeah, maybe anyway. Um, I mean, Ariel is Keegan Triton's daughter. He can get her up there. Oh, wait, this is her cousin. Ride his motorcycle up the hill. Yeah, I am bothered by the Ariel thing because that's stupid. Well, it was was clearly they had a redheaded mermaid. They heightened it, gave her the same colored shells just because as a little nod, right? And then they had to retcon it a little bit. It's like, oh, it's Ariel's uh, cousin. Yeah, I think that's dumb, but it's dumb in both parks. So give it a rest. Let's move on. Okay. <laughs> uh, okay. So then you have flown over Neverland and you go to Skull Rock, which uh, you as you go, you approach Skull Rock and your ship goes down a little bit and it goes, and you see uh, <laughs> Tiger Lily. I, I know. I Tiger just like Lily's it. there. Yeah. Tiger Lily's there. She's she's all tied up in front of Skull Rock, and you have projected water effects. Uh, which have always been there to some extent, but they've just, uh, they've updated it, you know, through the years. And then you have uh, Peter Pan and Captain Hook battling at eye level. I'll have, you know, uh, so no one has to, you know, grandma doesn't have to hurt her neck to be, oh, is it up there? Um, and then, uh, and, and Hey, guess what? Hook, Captain Hook's voice sounds like Hans Conried. Um and, and why that's is that, fu- Dan? That's because he was the original voice of Captain Hook. And a fun fact for all you listeners, that historically, Captain Hook, the actor playing Captain Hook, also plays Mr. Darling. Right. And and that's in the stage productions. And that is no different here. Mr. Darling and Captain Hook are the same voice actor. 
Yes. Um, and then we have, uh, let's see, we see the crocodile looking on hungrily in the distance, and then we fly by the Indian village. It's weird, but that's fine. Native American. Sorry, Nate. Well, it's it's Peter Pan. I mean, <laughs> that's true. <laughs> what makes a red man red? <laughs> I actually did think of that when I was putting my notes together. I thought, what's that? And I'm like, it's Peter Pan. Put Indian. <laughs> well, there you go. Yeah. And in both attractions, uh, Eric, I don't want to usurp your argument, but in both attractions, it's similar trope where you fly on one side of the ship and you see the fight and then you flip around and you see the defeat. The defeat, yes, mm-hmm. which is which is a fun effect and good use of space. Agreed. Um, at Walt Disney World, you are much closer to that ship. Yes, you have you a are. very close view of all of the figures. And if you look up ever so slightly, you can see a dramatic fight on top of the ship's sails mm-hmm. as Captain Hook and Peter Pan fight in a very precarious situation. It's very exciting, very dramatic, and yeah. uh, not, you know, far away. So you have grandma has to squint. Well, it's not hey, funny. What's over there, it's, Daniel? It's, it's, it's funny you say that they're not far away because Captain Hook has a weird reverb effect to his voice, which is very, yes, very dis- disrupting and odd. Yes, he absolutely And does. I'm pretty sure he's voiced by Ed Asner. <laughs> That's good. I'm gonna um, get you, Peter Pan. <laughs> is that in the the sound too? Because I could play the whole thing. Yeah, if you want to play the whole bad, I'll just sound. cut segments into the there, thing. Yeah, there's little pauses in between. Yeah, go ahead, do that. So this is all right. Here is here's Disneyland. Okay, so this is a collection of good sound. So we're flying. There's Tinkerbell. Now we're flying over landing. We're flying for the very first time. Oh my goodness. Oh my goodness. I hope I don't drop my making ears. And then here's a space that I'm going to fill with talking. This is me talking. I'm talking more. Hello. Welcome to Disneyland where everything is better. Okay. And now this is the final Captain Hook change me. Sounds just like Hans Conrad and no weird reverb effects. And now here we go. It's like a delightful music box. Calliope. Hey, remember when we drove when we flew to Ralph's? That was awesome. Oh. It sounds like something from Party City. You're right yeah. next to this character. He's, he's far away and he's in a cave. No, you're in. You're right next yeah, to no. the character. No, I know, right? It's a good point. All of the all of the animatronics are right next to you, despite your sound <laughs> arguments. You are so up close to all of these characters. Once you get past the initial Neverland scenery, you're you're right up on them. You are, and and so a couple of things I want to point out. They they the. The main, let's call it the main showpiece for this part of the attraction is the ship, right? You, mm-hmm. you come up on one. In the Disney World version, um, you come up on Wendy, who right walking the plank, in, incredibly close. And our ride stopped. And I have a picture of me like feet away from the Wendy <laughs> figure. And it was incredibly creepy. Um, <laughs> the only thing I'm going to acknowledge in this part of the attraction is a little bit of a nitpick. And that is that in the movie, Peter Pan, Captain Hook's hook is in left hand. 
in the Disneyland ride, Captain Hook's hook is in the right hand. <gasps> in the Disney World ride, it's in the left. So for continuity and consistency, I'm going to award Disney World a point. Yeah. Okay. Oh, it, it, oh I deleted it instead of playing it. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Six hours later. Uh, six hours later. <laughs> no, that's not the one. Oh, yeah. oh Disney point, World. That's you. right. <laughs> this is the reverb, <laughs> Captain Hook. <laughs> Help me! <laughs> Didn't you enjoy being on the TV shows that I was on? You're you're right, Dan. That the the sound design is better at Disneyland, it, and I feel like I feel like I I already sort of awarded that with the opening part. So I don't necessarily want to double dip on that. But I think that the point that I gave I for do. I think Dan you wants do you want to. to. Well, two things. I gave it a point for the opening sound design. I gave it a point for the whoosh. I don't think I need to triple threat. I, I'm pretty sure the guy who did Captain Hook is like selling popcorn outside the ride. Anyway. Um, so, anyway, yeah. as you <laughs> yeah. as you finish up. Mm-hmm. Go ahead, Dan. Oh, okay. So we turn in the corner and we see Peter Pan and the Darlings douse Captain Hook's ship with pixie dust. And yes, are there projections? Yes, yes there certainly are. Is there a whoosh, whoosh sound? Yes, there certainly is. And then you see Captain Hook uh, voiced very likely by Hans Conrad or someone who made an effort, unlike someone else, in uh, Crocodile's Jaws screaming for help. I like the escape. I like that part of it. You come both again, both attractions have the fight and then the victory. And you come around the corner, you see hook on his, on, on the crocodile, right? His feet kind of on the crocodile and you come around a corner and you see again with animated water, you see the ship flying away with tink, with pixie dust. I really like that closure. And, and Eric, before I award a point to Disneyland for that, is there an equivalent at Disney world that I'm not seeing? No, you leave. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> But when you get to the end, you do see a wooden barrel near the exit that identifies Richard Lapeer Jr. Wait, hold as on. As the chief. Let's give a point to Disneyland for the, the closure first. Six hours later. And then you see mermaids. But it's weird placement, so I'm not going to ask it for is, a point. Yeah, that is weird. <laughs> but, I mean, let's be honest. They don't. The function that they serve in the movie is kind of like we don't want to see that scene anyway. Like they're just kind of mean to Wendy, <laughs> and so it's just like only because Peter riles him up. I mean, right? But uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, Peter's the enemy here. Come on. Yeah, his relationship with Wendy is is interesting, and the you know, relationship between Peter and Wendy doesn't really hold up to close scrutiny. Yeah, it's true. Thank you, Asher. Um, it's a good point, Asher. And so I, I like to think of it as, and again, this is so not me asking for a point. It's just watching hours of ride videos of this. I kind of came to the conclusion that it's like, yeah, the mermaids were probably just doing that the whole time. They were probably just hanging out. And then it's like, oh, there goes Peter. Bye, Peter. <laughs> <laughs> whatever. Oh, did he fight somebody this time? <laughs> I guess whatever. He got a ship out of it. <laughs> Now, I do like at Disney World where there's an establishing shot of the crocodile. Uh, you don't get that. There's no ominous sort of preview of things to come with the crocodile. That's true. Magic, I skipped over that Disneyland part. Disneyland yeah. that the, you see the crocodile. You don't see it at Disneyland until the end. We all know because we've all seen the movie, but there's no sort of ominous presence of this thing. Is the like crocodile the, an ominous presence, though, in the story? For Captain Hook. I guess. 
Yeah, he reacts to to the sound. I mean, of that's the clock, Captain so. Hook's ultimate nemesis, right? It took his hand, and it's just lurking. I, get, I mean, so, I, I I see your point. I just don't know how necessary it is. You know, well, it's, none of this is necessary, Dan. But anyway, go ahead. The crocodile also gets its own song. That's true. Never smile at a crocodile. Anyway, go ahead. Continue your point. Um, me or Dan? Because no. I think yeah, we're pretty much done. I, I just have a. I just have some fun things. Um, like the as you exit, you see a you see a wooden barrel near the before you exit that identifies Richard Lapierre Jr. is the chief of the Lost Boys Fire Brigade. Uh, Richard was the one-time actual fire chief of the Reedy Creek Improvement District. Oh, cool! I like that. Hmm. I love little nods there in line. That's worth a point. I love that stuff. Woo! And then I have one other fun story that is maybe it's point worthy. Maybe. What's the score right now? By the way, the (laughs) the score is eight to six in favor of. Disneyland. We also have to talk about the uh, impact on the land, I That's suppose. True. Yeah. Good luck. <laughs> For both yeah. of you, by the way. <laughs> right. Uh, so do you want you want random fun story now? Or yes, you want please. it at the end? Okay. Uh, this story comes from Ron Heminger, who was one of the dancers at the Indian village in Disneyland. I can call it that because that's what it was called. <laughs> we're, we're invoking that. Um, he his father was one of the chiefs that was that would. Uh, perform and and uh, and talk there. Um, he after he finished his his career dancing with Disneyland, he worked his way into management. Um, so worked his way up the company, and was part of the crew that went over to Walt Disney World to help build uh, build the Magic Kingdom. Um, at this time, uh, Coors was a very popular beer in California, but was not sold on the East Coast. It was only Colorado and to the West. So he came up with a plan. Uh, Ron would gather cash from all of the other uh, the, all the other crew that were working um, on uh, on the parks from California, and he would send that money back west and uh, would get people to pack cases of Coors beer in boxes marked "Small Tools and Parts" designated for Peter Pan's flight. Huh? That's really and he cool. did that multiple times. That's awesome. That's I yeah. mean, you being from Colorado or living in Colorado, that. As maybe more impact, but it's also fun to talk about beer. Yeah, true. And to think of a time where you couldn't get everything everywhere. Yeah, that's a good point. I hadn't thought about that because I mean nowadays a little bit with craft beer, right? Because Coors at the time, I, I guess you could compare it to craft beer today, right? It was regional because there's, I mean, there are thousands of breweries that that I really enjoy. I go to Cincinnati, Ohio, and I get Mad Tree beer, but I I can't get that where I live, you know. True. So I, guess I do love going to yeah. to Florida just to get Yingling. You know, whenever I'm yeah. there, I I pick up Yingling on the. You East can't Coast. get that in Denver. No, they don't really sell it. Really, the west. oldest brewery in the United States. Yeah, the oldest and only two locations operating. where it's true. Uh, but yeah, only two locations where they brew it in Tampa and um, New England, right? Somewhere in New England, I'm, I'm yeah. blanking on the the original brewery. Yeah, welcome anyway. back to the Brewers Network. Uh, <laughs> we're talk a little about hops and a little bit. That's um, right, cans. <laughs> so, so then you get off the ride, and I have some final thoughts and perhaps some points to award. But you get off the attraction and you exit. It's nothing to, nothing to like. There's not about. a lot there, and I think yeah, that's kind really. of the same at both places. You trip over yep. a stroller at both. Yep. So yeah, let's talk I, about yeah. Go for the it. Impact of the land. Um, 
they if you don't have thoughts i do <laughs> are in the land no um so fantasy land at disneyland got a really cool upgrade in 1983 looks mm-hmm. like a charming bavarian village and the queues all kind of function. And by the way, it does. Having been to that part of Germany years ago, a couple of years ago, we're driving through the streets. I'm like, ah, it's Disneyland. <laughs> it 100% feels like a Bavarian village. Go ahead, please. Yeah. And all of the, the queues kind of function as the building that they are, I guess. Um, that, that, that I guess implies that we know what the building is, but it just kind of fits, right? It, it it the Peter Pan queue. Um, there's a clock tower. Hey, clock tower. Point for clock tower, huh? No. Okay, uh, cool. No. That's Unless fine. we're talking about Back to the Future, no. Okay. Um. So yeah, it's 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 subtle, but that's kind of the style of that fantasy land. Is you know to have a giant garish sign to be like Peter Pan now flying today. It would just it wouldn't fit at all. Right. Um, and I think we already acknowledged that we talked about that in the yeah. episode. Go ahead. Um, and so it's it just kind of f- it fits with the rest of the land the way the rest of the land fits with the rest of the land. You know, yeah. uh, there's nothing super special about it, but it doesn't need to be. I mean, yeah, it's. It's a ride. It's a yeah, Eric. Before I give my thoughts on it, <laughs> okay. Um, sorry, I'm writing notes. Okay, the dog bark. Uh, yes. Okay. <laughs> I'm like I, I can easily isolate that. Um, she's sitting outside now. We're just talking about it, so now I can't. But she's sitting outside the door to the studio, looking through the window at me, kind of giving <laughs> me side eye. She won't look directly at me, mm. uh, but she wants to come in. This is so a, that she can yeah. walk around. This is going to be a yeah, long episode. Is, Go ahead. <laughs> yeah. We, we don't have to leave that. That's when, when, um, it's what happens when you record on two different days. <laughs> yes. <laughs> oh, we have all sorts no, of longevity. We didn't, we didn't do that. So, uh, yeah, New Fantasyland at Walt Disney World is New interesting. Fanty. New Fanty mm-hmm. is certainly <laughs> quite large and has many Fanty elements in it. Um, but this corner of, of the land uh, maintains the medieval tent the medieval fair decor that the, that a lot of the area originally had and that Disneyland originally had. Right. That's true. Um, and it's, it, you know, it's very similar to it's a small world right across the, the road there. So it, it fits, you know, it's interesting because you're leaving a castle area and you're entering a sort of a, 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 a fair area. So I, I, I mean, I think that general location works, um, you I'm making doing? stretching. <laughs> You're stretching it a little bit. I mean, uh, okay. It's, it's, no, the new fantasy land is a castle courtyard. They did a great job. That's what they originally tried to do. What Walt wanted in 55, it's a castle courtyard. You're right. There is homage to Walt's vision, but it's ugly. It doesn't look good. It, it yeah, doesn't it, fit. It, it's just it doesn't look good. And, and it smells bad there. It actually does. always, it smells, always bad. smells bad. And I do want to point out something that I talked about earlier that I don't know if it's point worthy. I Maybe it is, maybe it isn't, but that's the shirt. (laughs) I don't know if it's point worthy. That's the shirt. (laughs) That's true. But the impact on the land is kind of more the land's impact on Peter Pan because you do have uh, these other rides that are darker, or at least Snow White used to be Mm -hmm. darker. It still kind of is. Yeah. Um, You have, you know, it's it's situated 
right next to Mr. Toad, which is about as dark as a Fantasyland ride gets. Mm-hmm. Uh, across the way, you have Pinocchio, which is, you know, it's 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 pretty dark. Snow White, less dark, but still its root is pretty dark. Um, and I don't think I'm grasping at straws to point out that that is actually a thing. That contrast exists. It was intentional. And again, was I'm it? not grabbing for a point. Yeah. Okay, and, and that's fine. And you're not going to get one. So okay, <laughs> but I I appreciate what you're saying. I would saying. really like one. If you, I mean, I'm not just saying. Well, I, I well, you're still you're still in the lead. <laughs> okay. I appreciate what you're saying, and and you're right. And there, I, I guess the age old question is: all of these ride systems are effectively the same thing. Uh, and why is Peter Pan so much more popular? And I posit that it is because of the sense of flight, which mm-hmm. is you know I think the second I think. If anybody wants a superpower, I think the first thing is flight, and the second thing is I forget invisibility, invisibility, something like that, right? So yeah. everybody kind of has a fantasy of flight. So that's why the ride is 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 as popular as it is. Both of these attractions in both of these parks are at a point of transition. Um, in in Disneyland, it's a transition from Main Street to Fantasyland. In Disney World, it's a transition from uh, Liberty Square to Fantasyland, and they I, both. I would argue it's it's less of a transition there because you're transitioning into the well. I guess it's partially Liberty Square and partially Tangled Toilet area. Yeah, well, <laughs> that's fine, but just like the castle would be Tangled Toilet area, right? Because that that's actually the transition for Disneyland. But they both create an incredible bottleneck, and and so I think that sort of negates itself again. Um, yeah. And we talked about the, the other stuff. So the, to Dan's point there, I don't know that either one of these things has any more or less impact in that at Disney world, because of the, the, um, demand of the attraction during COVID, they had to actually open up a restaurant to add as queue, right. So that it didn't create that bottleneck. So I, I think it does the same thing in both places. I could see that, yeah. Yeah, it's, right? I mean, it, it, like you said before, there's nothing all that phenomenal to talk about. And yet we did for 10 minutes. Sure did. Well, and um, in, in looking at this too, I came to the, there's been this thing that I've been trying to think about, like, what is this difference that I keep seeing? And I think I, I landed on it. And it's that generally Disney World seems to be more literal, while Disneyland seems to be more like abstract or representational. And I think a good example of that is the London scene mm-hmm. where it's like you get like a feel for London that kind that can to some people feel more real, but then at the same time, it's not as detailed or realistic where, and that's like the Disney world brain, which is like, well, let's, you know, let's order the the buildings in the, the year that they were built in like that very literal sort of, mindset of like well let's make it and i'm kind of i'm not it's not a complete thought but i'm getting there and i I see where you're headed you know what i mean they it's it's that sense that i've brought up on on both of the last land episodes where the imagineers had a chance to add in the the nerdy detail they wished they could have the first time yeah they had time to think about it they had a decade to go oh yeah yeah we could do it like this next time yeah and i think that for me at least sometimes that ends up you, you you lose some of the and again just for me i i lose some of this more vague weird stuff that that draws me to these parks in the first place 
Um, but again, that's just, that's my thing. And I can understand how someone who's coming at it from the other perspective could look at our London and be like, that really just a tower. That's it. Yeah. Which is what I said. So, so I <laughs> no, think what I, this boils I, I, down to. Yeah. I'm talking about like as a overall thing though. Right. What this boils down to is that they're basically the same ride and, and we've nitpicked for too long. Um, but Disney World's queue is better. Disneyland has more love and they enhanced it more. The full attraction is more, uh, it's more animated. There's more kinetic energy. It just, it's, it's more succinct for sure. Whereas at Disney World, you have the sort of the ominous presence of the, of the uh, crocodile. You don't have that at Disneyland, part of that space. There's there's the the Walt touched it aspect of it right all of the above but but in general the Disneyland ride is better you've got the send off of the you've got the send off of the pirate ship you've got better sound design you've got more things going on uh, the characters are animated at the beginning. Again, the queue is better at Disney World for all the reasons we've mentioned, but then it gets a little discombobulated to your point, Dan. I've never thought about it before, which means I was never really taken out of it, which means it doesn't yeah. really matter. I've never thought of it that way. And maybe next time I go on, I will think about that. Yeah, right. But- thanks, Dan. Yeah, um, I mean, I'm just saying that there are reasons it, why people get degrees in like tech theater and sound design and stuff. Like right. it sounds, it might seem, and I'm glad that I didn't have to go I didn't have to fight for this as much as I thought I might have to, but like it might sound nitpicky, but these little things end up being very important. And it's almost like the, the opposite of a death of a thousand cuts. It's like, there's all of these little, little tiny things that eventually that you notice, you do notice them. Yeah. I I think that this is a perfect encapsulation of the difference between Disneyland and Disney world. And it is the use of space, attention to detail, and Disney World can get away with not having the kids in Big Ben. And, you know, that because you're looking at all the fancy details and you're looking at the really up close, really well detailed animatronics and right, mm-hmm. which I gave you a point for. Right. right. So, no, no. And that's I'm I'm just. Yeah, you're supporting your my point. point. I'm not yeah. disagreeing. Yes. So, yeah, exactly. Right. And and people are going to go on the ride anyway. So they just. I don't think they feel necessity to do it. So this is, this is a, a larger for our larger argument of which is better. I think this is a point. It sort of encompasses the point of why Disneyland does things better sometimes and how they do it better. So without further ado, the Disneyland Peter Pan's flight is the Supreme Peter Pan's flight. Six hours later. And that, wow, that has more meanings than we thought. <laughs> that little boy and that weird woodcarver are smiling now. Oh, by the way, way to way to bring it full circle. That was well done. Uh, going going into this episode, I did not have an opinion. I did not have a foregone conclusion about which is better. I was stuck at the queue and that was basically it. Um, so yeah, well argued. I think, you know, we ran a little long, but, um, and really, hey, this is an original attraction in both exactly. parts. This is a big deal. Yeah. And I thought Dan's sound argument was weak, but he came up with some really interesting points. I remember going on this ride at Disney world going, that just sounds terrible. Yeah. <laughs> like the yeah. hook at the end, it's, it takes me out of the experience. Yeah. Cause it just sounds like he's 
down the hall echoing and it's just lazy. <laughs> well, and I, and Maybe I, he is. And I Maybe. think I think it's probably You think it's an actor that's down the hall. It's just, just yelling it all over day. And over again. <laughs> I I can completely understand how someone might listen to this show and think, well, you know, Dan's just doesn't like Disney World. Like I think where it comes from is like kind of a, a very strong disappointment because to me Disney World should be the better one, like all the time, one like across the board, and like they I got remember all the money, they yeah, got all the space, I, yeah, and I remember writing, and so, so when it's not, it's kind of bigger, and I think that like when I rode this for the first time in 1996 ish, I was like, I cannot wait to see what they World, did. By the way, yeah, Disney World, yeah, oh, I cannot wait to see what they did with this. I saw some of the effects that they used on this ride over here. I can only imagine what they're. And then I go on this thing, and it's like, um, what? <laughs> like, first of all, I can see the other six boats in the room as opposed to like one or two that I'm used to. And I understand okay, you should have brought that up because that is absolutely true in the <laughs> London scene. That is, I was kind going of a weird to, moment. I was going to, if I felt that I needed to, where you see other boats at Disney world. Yeah. At Disneyland. Yeah, it's it like, you see that you see the one exiting the room. Yeah. There's before one. You. Yeah. Yeah. And at Disney world, it, they make it very apparent that I think you're, you they're like, get in the ride. At some point, just get Pretty on close, the yeah. ride. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, cause I remember waving at other family members and other boats. Yeah. 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 Did they wave back? Um, yeah. No. But like, so it's kind of, it's just this feeling of disappointment. It's just like, but this should be better. And yeah, those, so if what you're, you're saying is the intimacy of Disneyland actually works in its favor. Right. And if anyone listening to this is like Disneyland's just cleaning up a whole bunch. Oh my God. They're just going to let Disneyland win and everything. Look at the things we haven't done yet. You're going to be okay. <laughs> and for the last win for Disneyland, Peter Pan's. Um, so um, I mean, you got pirates. That's true. You have pirates. I have a defense for pirates. Oh, I can't wait good. to hear that. Right. Good. But what I'm saying is, we're we might need to hold off on pirates because <laughs> there's not a whole lot of winning coming up for Disneyland. <laughs> <laughs> We'll see. So we have a couple of exciting episodes coming up. We have, and this is not a foregone conclusion, by the way, uh, the frozen stage show versus the finding Nemo stage show, both theme park stage shows written by Bobby and Christine Lopez in non magic kingdom theme parks. We have the original understudy for finding Nemo for Nemo and Elsa from Frozen at Disney California Adventure both coming on the show to argue which <laughs> which theater experience created more physical pain for the actors. <laughs> arts podcast. And I'm judging. Right. So <laughs> and we are an arts podcast. And so, yeah, uh, Vanessa Ray of Blue Bloods on the CBS uh, with Tom Selleck is coming on. At to, as she was the original Nemo understudy. I don't want to oversell it, but um, and then um, Michelle from Disney's California Adventures Frozen show are their friends and they're going to come on and talk about it. So I'm excited about that. Jack Plotnick from YouTube is going to be on in a later episode talking about the attraction that needs to come back, I believe. The thing that shouldn't have left. That's a little more of an abstract, not a versus episode. And then we have but its attractions. That's true. And we have uh, quite a few episodes to come. In the meantime, 
you should go to uh, etsy.com forward slash shop forward slash cove ears uh, to get your weenie shirt. They're flying off the shelves. You can get your weenie masks. You can get your weenie weenies. Um, order some hot dogs. I don't care. The point is, go check it out. Support <laughs> us. Uh, we've already talked about concierge quite a bit. Uh, and then, of course, our other shows, Ears Up, Ears Up In-Depth, uh, which is live right now. We should go over there and start trolling them. Um, and uh, Milk Milk Lemonade around the corner of Anthem Milk and <laughs> a Star Wars podcast, I think. And, and eventually then, uh, DreamWorks will be replacing very annual passengers. <laughs> DreamWorks. Yeah. Get your, get your magic keys, everybody. What's stopping you? Get your magic keys. Key party? Join us in October for our, oh God. I think I like that one better. <laughs> Key party. I like it. Um, so many other implications in that. And then uh, there's nope. uh, Scraping the Vault. We, uh, By the way, uh, people love Audrey and Scraping the Vault. Not sure if, how they feel about Dan and I, but people love Audrey. There's, uh, there's some feedback from Ears Up where a listener loves Audrey. Okay. Thanks for that color, Dan. Thanks. Um, I didn't know that I was going <laughs> to be coloring. I <laughs> two, oh, two, oh, oh. Oh, my God. It's been two. Oh, yeah. Well, we had a yeah, little no, thing, preamble. Yeah. All right. Anyway, so thank you very much for listening. Thanks for being patient listening to us. We appreciate your support. We love you. And uh, until next time, be kind. Oh, wait. <laughs> uh, all right. We bye. can't do that joke every episode. <laughs> bye, Dan. I think that one was real. Bye. Bye, Eric. Bye. Be good to each other. See you next time. That's the one. What are we going to bump? And we're starting. No. We started. We started. What are we? Rolling. And Jimmy. We shall bump. Go in three. You didn't. You didn't. Oh, son of a. (laughs) I was ready. (laughs) I'll beat you to it. Clap. And then. (laughs) Okay. And we're going to do a bumper. It's going to be good. Don't mess up. And three. Dogs. Dogs are second producer. Uh, How are we going to reward our producer at at Supreme Supreme Con? Make him do all of the work for us? (laughs) Um, Who's our producer? Oh, David. David, Sally. Sally David. I don't know. I'll buy, you we, know, oh, beer. you know what he would actually enjoy is Supreme. Oh, he would. <laughs>